Do you wish you could snap your fingers and instantly understand and know how to use SEO? I don't know about you, but when I hear the term SEO, I cringe. All the experts say, you have to have really great SEO to rank on Google and get seen. Hold up. Can someone please tell me what SEO really is and tell me how to pick the right keywords and what on earth are meta tags? Right, ladies? Are you with me on this one? Well, we're in luck because Emily Fontes is my guest on the show today, and she's an SEO wizard. Her passion is helping female entrepreneurs learn how to rank in search results so they can grow their business. Oh my gosh, ladies, Emily breaks it down so easy for us. You're gonna love today's show. Hey there, mom boss. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast, where we dive into personal branding, how to build our businesses on social media, learn some really cool marketing hacks, all while balancing family life. And don't forget, we do it the fun and easy way. I'm Allison Scholes, once a corporate marketing coordinator, a teacher, and now photographer and podcaster. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. Go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, put on your comfy sweatpants, and hide in your closet. Let's get this party started. Hi, Emily. Welcome to the show. Hi. So glad to be well, here. Be- well, I'm glad you're here. And before we jump into SEO and all the juicy details, tell us about your business and your mission. Yeah. Well, my business is Tiny Giant Marketing, and my mission is to help female entrepreneurs get found on Google so that they can skyrocket their leads. And I love teaching non-techie people about search engine optimization because I think that most places try and make SEO way more complicated than it actually is. And anyone can do SEO. They just need to have good, easy to understand advice. I love that, Emily. So here's my thing. In business, there are two words that make me cringe. The first word is networking, and that's a whole other story. But the second word is SEO. So I am so glad that you're here today because we know that we really need good SEO for whatever platforms we're on, podcast, website, YouTube, Etsy, Pinterest. But Emily, break it down for us. What exactly is SEO? Well, I love that you said that networking is a dirty word because I'm a total introvert and I think that's probably why I got so good at SEO (laughs) (laughs) because I really like driving 60% of my leads directly from search results without having to do anything. (laughs) And I think that it's great that really all search engine optimization is, is creating really good content that answers people's questions. If you can answer someone's questions and make sure that Google can pick it up, can read it, that's all you have to do. That's all search engine optimization is. All the the techie kind of stuff that people think that is the, the core of SEO is actually the easy part. The part that's most important is fundamentally understanding your ideal client's needs and problems and being able to articulate those in a way that actually will solve problems and answer questions. So basically we as entrepreneurs and the content creators, we need to forecast our ideal audience's questions, correct? Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And not just the questions they ask when they already know what we do. So if you're a fitness coach and someone is asking, you know, how do you choose a fitness coach? That person already knows who you are and what you do. You need to be answering the questions people ask before they know what you do or before they know that you're the right solution for them. So in that case, someone who's asking, you know, what's better should I do macro counting or should I do calorie counting? That's a question someone might ask when they could hire a fitness coach. Do you understand the difference? I do. That's very, very helpful. So is that when we kind of get into then keywords? Like how do we pick those keywords to get into the minds of our audience? Well, I typically find that the best way to find your keywords is to sit down and write out the problems that you solve and then also the thing, other things that people search as well as your solution. So if you are selling something specific, what are the other competing offers in the marketplace and what questions do people ask about those? Because you can capture all different types of search results about things that aren't even directly related to specifically you if you can just forecast what people are interested in learning about or they have questions about. So when you say search, should we be going on Google and actually using the search bar and putting in like keywords or phrases and see what content comes up? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what's really nice is Google has made keyword research way easier than it has ever been because if you go search for something on Google, you'll notice two things always appear on the search page. Number one, down at the very bottom, it'll give you a section of related search terms just at the very bottom of the search results. And then uh, towards the top, usually they will also provide the people also ask drop-down box. And if you just keep clicking on those, it keeps giving you more and more and more and more. And that gives you really great insight to not only what people search, but also how people phrase things. That's really cool. So when we are in Google and we are looking at the search terms and the related search terms, we want to take those words or phrases and let's just use a website, for example, would we incorporate those words and phrases into a blog post? Is that how we get ranked on Google? Yep. So you could create content surrounding a particular phrase. That's one way to do it. So you could create a blog post. You could also create video on YouTube. Um, you can create a podcast episode. Anything where you're able to tease out more information about that particular search phrase will help you appear in search. So it doesn't just have to be your website. And the other thing pe pe people should know is that Google, Google is not the only search engine. YouTube is a search engine. Pinterest is a search engine. Etsy is a search engine. So you have to be thinking a little bit outside the box and be willing to be found on many different platforms because that just expands your reach exponentially. That's really cool. So let's jump to Pinterest then for an example. So we're all familiar with Pinterest. We get on Pinterest, you know, we're always looking for the fall fashion or <laughs> the recipe of the day. A fitness coach, we'll go back to your example, wants to use Pinterest for keywords or phrases, how would they go about doing that? 
So you can either be posting things from your website on Pinterest, or you could just be curating information on Pinterest. Both of those strategies work. And the, the key is getting the keywords into the pin descriptions and the pin titles. I mean, you're given, uh, I think, 500 words in the pin description and 100 words in the title. And I usually see people not use all that space, which is a mistake because every single word you put there counts. That's what Pinterest is aggregating. When someone types a phrase, it's looking to the text and the title and the description in order to choose what to present in the search results. So there's a lot of focus on making sure that your pin images look great, which is also important. But if you don't have any text, then it's gonna be harder to get ranked and found. So we shouldn't shy away from using a long phrase as our title. You should not shy away from it at all. As a matter of fact, you should use every, every letter space possible. Keep writing until you run out of space, basically. Okay, that is awesome advice. So I'm going to shift gears a little bit because we touched on SEO and we touched on keywords, but I'm going to bring up another term that I see a lot when I'm writing a blog post for my website. And it's probably something that I'm doing wrong. <laughs> so maybe you can help me with this and see how I can apply it to all the other social platforms is meta tags. What on earth are meta tags? <laughs> meta tags are a type of code. And I know the second I say code, people freak out, but <laughs> You, you already know what it is because every time you go, go to Google and you search, what you get presented is a series of meta tags. You get presented the blue link, which is the title, followed by the paragraph underneath it, which is the description. And those are pulled directly from the meta tags on your website. So the fact that it's code, I mean, it's fine. It doesn't matter. You don't actually have to write the code. That's the good news because all the website builders, WordPress, Weebly, Wix, Squarespace, all of them allow you to code your meta tags without actually having to write the code. So the most important thing is to get over the freak out about it being a code and just focus on writing the right thing, which the key really is with meta tags, you have the title and the description, which are two separate things with two separate strategies. The title is the place where you put the most important keywords for that page. So if it's a page about, we'll just go back to the fitness coach, uh, macro counting, you got to use that primary keyword of macro counting in the title, probably followed by how to count macros, because those are the two most searchable terms. Then in the description, since you have a little bit more room, it's about two sentences. The thing that you want to write in there is to convince the person to click on the search result. Because if you pay attention to your searching behavior, usually you'll scan through the search results and you'll look for the one that sounds the most interesting, that sounds the most relevant, that's the most convincing. And that's why in the description part of the meta tag, you want to do something that's a little bit more grabby, that's more like a headline that would get the person to click on your search result. And that's really the difference there. The thing that you need to be careful to remember is that there are limits on the amount you can put in your meta tags. So if you use something like uh, the website serpsim, S-E-R-P-S-I-M.com, 
it'll show you exactly what your meta tags will appear like in search and it'll tell you when you hit the limit. So that's one of the tools I use all the time with both myself and my clients, just to make sure that my meta tags are going to look good in search results. That was awesome information. And going back to the description and you hit on a, a couple of key points, you said convince and it should be almost like your headline is, is that the space or the opportunity for us to solve our ideal audience's problem? Almost like giving them a promise using keywords. Is that a good strategy for using those meta tags? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for the description, if we go back to the macro counting example, you know, you could put something in there like, uh, not sure which strategy is the right way to lose weight, learn how to count macros in order to drop 10 pounds the next two months, right? So that gives like a tangible result that would be tied to that particular page that would make someone wanna actually click and read more. That's really cool. And then could we take, cause now I'm gonna tie it to Pinterest a little bit and I think we're gonna like blow our audiences, our listeners minds here. So whatever meta tag we have for that blog post, and we want to turn it into a pin. Can we take that meta tag, like promise description, and make that our pin title on Pinterest? You could make it the pin title or the pin description. Probably, I would probably use your meta title as your pin title and your meta description as your pin description. But then as a bonus, since on Pinterest you get so much more space in the description area, 500 um, character count there, I would probably follow that up with a series of related keywords, just separated by commas at the bottom, because you have so much extra space. And that way you can account for the differences in way, ways people search. People use very different words <laughs> for <laughs> the same thing. Like if you just think about like something as simple as weight loss, all the different ways you could phrase that, how to lose weight, how to lose 10 pounds, how to uh, reduce your body fat by 10%. I mean, all those are really the same thing. They're just phrased differently. And your listeners, if they have even something like an e-commerce business, I mean, just think about all the different ways you can say the word green. Like if you're selling a green sweater, someone could type in emerald green, forest green, mint green, chartreuse. I mean, those are all keywords. And unless you actually have them on a page or in a pin description, it's not going to get listed for those terms. And that's why you've got to really go deep and understand all the different variations someone could type into search results. So what is the best piece of advice you can share for those who are just feeling stuck on SEO? The most important foundational strategy is choosing the right keywords. And most people I talk to, even, even SEO experts, do not get enough, enough depth in their keywords. They, they'll have a set of 10 keywords, like here's my 10 keywords that I'm focusing on. And that's not nearly enough because people search so differently now than they used to. They search in a much more detailed way than they ever have before. When they go to Google, they are solve, looking to solve a specific problem or find a very specific solution 
and you have to have keywords that reflect that. And for a long time, we thought a keyword is just like a word or one or two words, but a keyword can be five words or 10 words or 12 words. And our keyword strategy needs to include all of these very long detailed phrases in order for it to be effective. Ooh, that was really, really good. And you know, something else that just came, <clears throat> excuse me, to my head is pay attention to our social media accounts when we have customers or clients or our, our, our ideal audience asking us questions in the comments. Those questions could be those key words or key phrases. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You should be using the, the exact type of language that your clients use, potential clients use, because that's the way that they type things in, into Google. And sometimes we get so wrapped up in our expertise that we forget what it's like to not know how to describe a problem in layman's terms. When we know our technical jargon or the way we talk about what we do so well, we have to like rein ourselves in <laughs> and go back to the way it was before we knew everything that we know. We have to talk the way our ideal clients talk because they, they say things differently than us. And it's very important that we reflect that in the content we create. Otherwise we won't harness those searches. That's so true, Emily. I can't thank you enough for just simplifying SEO for us telling us how to pick our keywords and then really breaking down meta tags. So how can we connect with you on social media? Well, you can find me on Instagram at tiny giant marketing. And I also have a podcast that is about SEO among other things, which is she can SEO. And so either of those places, I love to hear from you. Come and tell me what it is that you want to know more about. And I'm always interested in creating content that consumers actually want because <laughs> I take my own medicine. <laughs> well, I will make sure that your information is in the show notes. So thank you so much for being on the show today, Emily. Fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in today. If you love today's episode, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs and leave a review. Your review helps grow the show. And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com to grab all my freebies and hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.